0: Welcome listeners, I'm Samantha Hughley, a perinatal psych nurse practitioner and your host of Baby Brain, pregnancy and postpartum support Minnesota's podcast channel. I'm here today with Morgan Shearer. Morgan is an advocate for young moms struggling with addiction. She's the past board member at PPSM and here today to talk with us about addiction and resources available in Minnesota. We settled on this time because it is nationally recognized as dry January, which brings addiction and those struggling to light. Morgan, we met when you were on the board of directors for PPSM, and I've so admired your ease and openness about your journey. Can you please share with us a bit about what led you to PPSM and your journey?
1: Absolutely. After my son was born in September of 2016, I struggled with severe postpartum anxiety and depression that at the time really went undiagnosed. Um, I am a person who struggled with addiction in the past, and although during my pregnancy I did... Take very good care of myself and actually swore I would never go back to drinking again. The overwhelming postpartum anxiety really led my disease of alcoholism to very rapidly progress during the first nine months of my son's life. So at that time, I made the radical decision for me to get sober. And for me, that journey started in AA. And you know, once some time had passed and I really began to heal. Get a larger understanding of what had happened to me during my postpartum journey. At that point, it truly became my mission in life, really, to let other parents know that it's okay to not be okay and that, you know, they're not alone in their struggles of, of new parenthood. And at that time, I jumped on Google and did some searching and I really just wanted to find out how I could help. And I discovered. PSI, which is Postpartum Support International. And at that point, I discovered that there was a Minnesota chapter here with PPSM. So I then reached out, sent a few emails to see how I could help and eventually took the community and volunteer training with PPSM. That really led me to here. Here I am. (laughs) I think one of the most important things that I learned in that training and important things for me to point out is that People with a history of mental illness and also people with a history of addiction are at a far greater risk for developing a PMAD, which is a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. That was huge. That was huge for me to learn because both of those things ring very true to me. I am a person with a history of mental illness and addiction. And had I known those things, you know, I think I could have been on a better lookout for what was going on with me. But ultimately, I got through it. It led me here to PPSM, which has been an incredible journey. And I really just think that that's a very important piece of information.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that part of your story. People who are struggling get so much hope from hearing testimonies like that. And I know that it's heartfelt. And thank you. You're now doing a lot of advocacy and peer support work. Can you tell us a little bit about that role? You know,
1: my role has definitely changed as a peer support person during COVID, obviously not able to meet people face-to-face, which I really love doing, and I'm not able to work tabling events with PPSM or any other organizations I'm with right now, which has been a challenge because I really do appreciate that face-to-face personal communication, kind of share my story and and help people feel a little more comfortable in the things that I'm working on. But currently, outside of being able to meet face-to-face, I am on the PPS helpline, which has been wonderful. I think one of the coolest things that we've added to the PPSM helpline this year is that we have bios of each of us peer support people on the PPSM websites. And so in my bio, I have very much opened up about my journey through addiction and recovery, which I think is very important piece of my postpartum experience. So people can now request peer support from our website. So that gives people who are reaching out the opportunity to kind of read and see who might fit well for them. And again, my journey is very open there. I also volunteer with the Minnesota Recovery Connection, which is a recovery community organization here based out of St. Paul. And back in October 2019, I had received my recovery coach certification through the Minnesota Recovery Connections. I currently am a certified recovery coach. And my plan with that is hopefully in the next few months or year to be able to take my peer support certification and use my peer support as an actual career, whether I end up in a treatment center or a hospital or therapy facility, whatever I feel works for me at that time. But I really feel that peer support role is growing and is so important in the recovery world today. Outside of these organizations, I am very active and open about my journey on Instagram, where there is an incredible, Incredible recovery community. It is unlike anything I even knew was out there until I started exploring where I could share and be open about my journey. With the things I share on there about my addiction and recovery, as well as my postpartum journey, you know, I do have a lot of people reaching out to me just for help or support or just looking for an idea of where to start in their recovery journey. And that has been super fulfilling for me. So with those outlets, You know, I can be working with or coaching or mentoring anywhere from likely five to 15 individuals at a time. Um, At times, I need to recognize I need to slow down and using my experience to just share my story and, and let other people know that they're not alone on such an open platform. I truly feel is my purpose here today. And what my experience has brought me to is really from hurting to healing to helping.
0: It's an amazing journey. And I look forward to hearing more about your work as a peer support when you have that certification and take on a professional role with it. I'm excited. <laughs> this year has brought a number of unprecedented stressors. What are some of the ways that you've seen the recovery community adapt?
1: This year has been a huge challenge in the recovery community. I think it's been the biggest challenge for for people who are new to recovery. Um, To find a community of support or like minded people has been a huge challenge because you cannot just, in this current state, walk into a a meeting, whether it be a 12 step meeting or just a meeting of like minded people. You know, like I mentioned, I volunteer at Minnesota Recovery Connection, and that's somewhere that someone seeking recovery could also just kind of walk into and, and explore. Some options, and that hasn't been available. So that has been a huge challenge. Again, I think really for people who are new to recovery or kind of exploring which way to go, there is so much truth behind the phrase "connection is the opposite of addiction." My personal journey started in AA, and to be able to walk into a room of people without like a black sheep a lot of my life, and to walk in that room and, and feel like you found the rest of your herd is is such a sigh of relief. That has definitely been a huge challenge. There are hundreds. Hundreds, If not thousands of online or zoom meetings that have popped up everywhere, which has been really incredible to see. And I really hope that that continues even after this pandemic, because it can be, again, such a convenient way to connect if you're busy working a mom who can't get away from children at most times. I think now for people during this pandemic who are very solid and grounded in their recovery, you know, these online meetings are just a really great and convenient place to stay connected to others. Treatment facilities, inpatient especially, you know, they are still accessible during this pandemic. You know, speaking from experience, there is a a short window of time that somebody is willing to accept help and accept treatment. To be able to take that step and say, hey, I'm ready to go and then find out there's a huge wait list can be really discouraging and really derail the process. There's definitely options but again missing that face-to-face contact can be a big challenge for people especially those who are new to
0: recovery. I agree that connectedness at least for myself as a professional is the thing that I've missed most during the pandemic so Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to get back to having patients in person.
1: Yes and hugs sometimes you just need a hug.
0: (laughs) Your time at PPSM on the board was really instrumental in bringing to light this thing that we call the mommy wine culture. And we do, we see it plastered all over social media. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this displayed over the years? And how do you think that's changed?
1: Uh, Absolutely. This is, this is a big one for me. I like to give this situation the benefit of the doubt. Um, I I really do think that when the mommy wine culture kind of came out, you know, I, I believe it started with a lot of like, honey t shirts and sippy cups and funny drink coasters and just kind of cutesy things like that. But at this point, I do really believe that it's gone too far, because it's really just become an acceptable message in society that we need alcohol to deal with our kids and to deal with the stress of being a parent. And in addition to that, it's also become acceptable to really poke fun at that fact and poke fun at those statements, which I truly think is just such a poor message. And my biggest problem with the mom, wine culture is that the message can really truly be absorbed by people who really need solid help and sustainable support. The memes and and pages that float around on Facebook, I've seen pages named mommy needs wine, mommy needs vodka, drinking while parenting, like you name it, I've seen it all. And the things that float around on those pages at any given moment, somebody might see that whether it's funny to them or whether they're really struggling. And Seeing things like that and people joking about it can really give someone the validation that what they're doing is okay and that what they're doing is just really the answer. Within the last couple months, the biggest disturbance I saw around this and, you know, this message spreading on social media was Tropicana actually posted a, I don't know if you want to call it a movement or something called Take a Moment. The videos and messages that they were posting around the hashtag Take a Moment was celebrity moms um, hiding in their bathroom to drink champagne from a secret refrigerator that was hiding in their bathroom or bedroom or closet damaging as social media can be again i think somebody could see that and be like oh okay i can go hide away from my family and drink to deal with being a mom because tv and celebrities are telling me that's okay on the flip side of that negativity again i'm going to refer to the recovery community on instagram because it has been just absolutely incredible um Within, I want to say it was 36 hours of our recovery community receiving that message and, and seeing how dangerous it was, um, we all kind of put our heads together and really spoke up about how dangerous that message really is. And and rather than just sharing our experience, you know, sharing factual evidence that, you know, alcohol truly is not self-care. And so, again, within, I want to say, 36 hours, Tropicana posted an apology and took down that campaign as dangerous and acceptable that these messages on on social media can be I've also seen social media be a great outlet to you know share the idea that this is not okay and alcohol is truly not self-care mommy doesn't need wine (laughs) mommy really just needs a nap or a friend or a hot bath a nice book a massage something a little more along the lines of true self-care
0: Oh, I love those examples. And that's a great, that's a really impressive example of advocacy work at its finest to have that shut down within 36 hours time. It was, it was pretty awesome. I will
1: say it was just like, it was incredible. And to see so many people so passionate about such a poor message was just, it was incredible. So I was very grateful to be a part of that.
0: I think in general, social media helps us to normalize ineffective or poor coping mechanisms. And it seems like that's exactly what the mommy wine culture has done. I know that you're pretty familiar with the recovery pulse throughout the entire state of Minnesota. So if there's somebody listening right now that's struggling with their relationship with alcohol or any other substance, what words of support would you give them? And how do you think they should take that first step?
1: you know, this is so important to me to truly and simply just let people know that it's okay to not be okay. Like that is a phrase that we see places, but it is so deeply true to me. It's okay to not be okay. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're struggling with, you are never alone. There is always somebody, more people than you can imagine um, going through the same struggles that you are. And another thing that's really important for me to point out, because this is something I struggled with on my own, is that it's not a moral failure. The only way you know how to cope is to escape through alcohol or other substances or actions, activities. And simply some of us just were never taught another way to cope. And equally, again, it's just become so socially acceptable to turn to alcohol. The huge message that you're not alone. It's okay to not be okay. There's nothing wrong with you. And I really think the best thing you can do is To reach out for help or simply just tell someone, tell someone what you're feeling, tell someone what you're struggling with, tell someone what you're going through, even if it's just a stranger on the internet, somebody that you see sharing their story on Instagram. I can only speak from my own experience, but that's what. I am there for, is to really, truly give people a safe place to speak up if that's what they need to do. And I also think it's important to point out that I do believe there's a misconception that AA is the only way to recovery. And the true fact of the matter is that there are so many pathways to recovery. There are so many different ways that you can find like-minded people and a life of recovery and that you just really have to find what works for you. Reach out. Reach out. Tell somebody, go on Instagram, search some sober hashtags. You will find a whole group of us that are happy to help.
0: Thank you so much for your time today, Morgan. It's been very enlightening and you've provided us with so much useful information. I hope that anybody who might be struggling is able to reach out and connect. At the bottom of the description of this podcast, you'll find Morgan's bio and some other recovery resources. Thank you.